This is the Manips and Sips podcast show featuring two fellowship trained board certified orthopedic and sports physical therapists. Join us as we talk all things physical therapy, manual therapy, performance, business, education, research, and of course, Sips. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Uh, this is the Nips and Sips podcast show. Uh, clearly, we are fired up this morning. Um, so on a special topic is uh, how AT uh, students should, I guess, interact during their fills, uh, maybe also interact during school. What are the expectations of a student while they're on the affiliations? At least with us, uh, we uh, have uh, some expectations that may be a little bit different from uh uh, the norm out there but uh you know i believe affiliations are a good opportunity to improve yourself and set yourself up and set your career up uh but uh that's what this uh topic's about we've been uh, pre-talking about pre-show and we're we're cooking on it so we're going to keep it going but uh before I get too much into it brandon how's it going good man nice um nice wednesday morning i think it's gonna be like 75 today so yeah. it's like the first nice day in, in forever yeah um and we're already in May here. Uh, I don't know when this episode is going to drop, but um, yeah, so beautiful day. Did some work, was doing some videos, some content stuff, um, you know, always tedious in that nature, but, you know, God did necessary evil. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so got my coffee in hand my in my Puerto Rico cup, Puerto Rican oh. cup. It's probably one of my other favorite mugs here. Yeah, nice. it looks, it looks nice. Yeah. Got that when I was in Puerto Rico a couple years ago. Nice. But yeah, we have, um, like Jeremy said, we were, we were just kind of talking because we're both, uh, you know, have interns and stuff and um, not so much even the interns. I'm going to put some of this stuff on the schools um, and their expectations. And I, I, maybe it's this whole movement we're going through um, in society uh, where, you know, you have to, I think, be overly kind. Um, and you shy and in doing so you shy away from the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think that's good for people in general. It's the whole participation award thing. It's all, you know, it's getting away from first, second, third, and well, everybody's a winner because you tried. No, <laughs> no. I mean, especially when you're coming into a medical field where, you know, granted, we're not saving necessary lives. We're not on the front line. Most of us, most of us, right generally um you know we're not in the er generally i'm sure there's some pts that are but we're still healthcare professionals that probably see spend the most time with our patients and you know to have the the line did they kill anybody are they safe and that being the minimum requirement for somebody to pass is uh is doing them a disservice mm -hmm. it's doing their future patients a disservice mm -hmm. and i'll even go to say it's doing your program a disservice in the long run doing your, doing your profession a disservice yeah really. and uh you know piggyback off of what you said uh yes you may not directly save lives in some sense and you know uh, you know be with me and you at our points in our lives we've probably done some differentials on some people and figure out some things where they need immediate surgery and essentially save their lives or avoided um, surgery which huh? who knows i said or avoided surgery well, which you never know if they could have had a sudden death because of surgery but that's, that's happened 
That's exactly where I was going. So you got to it. So that we've talked about that on the show. We talked about it with Chris Carroll, who sees people on uh, impatient, uh, where, where simply uh, simple orthopedic procedures go horribly wrong. Nothing to even discredit the surgeon or something like that. There was a ticking time bomb, not really. Uh, you know, their body did not want to have the surgery. Uh, we got to remember even the most least invasive of all orthopedic procedures, once you start to go playing God and going inside someone's body, there is a chance that the body will not accept it and can lead to a uh, you know, cascade of very terrible events, including strokes, um, spinal cord injuries, whatever it may be, infections. Um, so, you know, I think especially in the orthopedic realm, um, as we move to this, direct access, autonomous style practitioners, we need the best out there. Uh, we need to have people who are competent who aren't just mill machines um, or even people who are in the mill style places need to be able to do a good enough job so that people aren't just, you know, that just doesn't become a process. Here's PT, you try for four weeks, you know, you do the same crap or you even check things and off the surgery they get. Um, and I think that starts with the mentality change as required at the student level. Um, uh, I think as setting up, obviously, students in good affils. Uh, I know the students or my fellow classmates that unfortunately got into those places, they, what happens to them when they graduate, they work in those places and it just becomes a vicious cycle. It's like the, hate to make the analogy, but it's like the, uh, the uh, spouses that beat their, or the spouses that beat their spouses, I guess. And it's, you know, generation, generation after generation, you're like, oh, you think that they want, you know, follow their fathers doing the same thing, but now it's like pre-programmed and that sort of stuff. And I think that happens at the student level. Uh, if that's what they're exposed to is mediocrity, then they're going to do mediocrity. But it also takes a point, um, you know, I was talking to one of uh, Mike De La Cruz, your boy. Yeah. Um, and he's not in it. Well, I guess his last film wasn't one that he especially, you know, appreciated or enjoyed compared to what he had at Europhil, obviously. Um, but, you know, we were talking about how you, you take something from it and how even at the student level, he was trying to up the game of the other clinicians there. So even if it's a shitty situation, you're coming in with passion and energy you may ruffle some feathers of CIs or other clinicians, but they're not going to fail you on that. Um, but, you know, the, uh, something, you know, you have to, the students take some accountability in their, in their learning. Yeah. I think when it comes to ruffling CIs, that just comes down to, you know, are you aware of your surroundings? Are you aware of, you know, what you need to do to, to pass, to get through the affiliation? Um, you know, are, are you, do you have emotional intelligence, emotional IQ basically, right? If you know, and you, you will probably find out early on if what you're doing is, is bothering the CI and to the point where it's a detriment, you'll know early on, um, you know, just stop doing it, suck it up, bite your tongue for the eight, 10, 12 weeks you're there and, you know, learn what you need to learn and kind of get out. Uh, the other settings where you can actually thrive and, and, you know, is a great learning environment and you have the better CIs, 
Well, you need to relish those as a student. You need to relish those opportunities and, and learn as much as you can. And if you're just going in, like kind of doing your nine to five type deal, you know, not really eager to learn. Um, I, I, I question why you even got into the field. And I understand not every environment may not be for you. You know, we're not really talking about that. But if, you know, you're, you're supposedly wanting to do um, a certain setting and you're just like there just to pass the time, like get out of this profession, get out of the fill. Yeah. No, maybe, um, and, maybe the mill is good for you. Yeah. You know, that eight to four, eight to five, whatever it may be. Don't think about it much during the day. Um, your notes are probably fairly simplistic, I would say. I remember when I worked in the mill, it was, it was you know, PT, tall, RX, well. So it was what, nine, four full words was the, most of the assessments I was reading. I wrote after, after nine years, my... Uh... My documentation has shortened up, though. I, I've I'm, seen not, I'm not going to lie, man. <laughs> it, it's definitely shortened, but it's not that short. Uh, that sort of thing. I've, I've read your documentation. Um, but still, like, nonetheless, um, you know, maybe that's it for you. Um, I am I mean, with our interviewing questions, and obviously I have a uh, more sportsy type of population and people think that's attractive and that sort of stuff. And, you know, one of the main things is, you know, when students are like, they always like, I want to do anything to get into that. And I thought that too, you know, especially go in, it was like, I'll do ever to get into this field, to get into more athletes and that sort of stuff. And yeah, I remember talking to some recruiters, they're like, a lot of it's just, you know, you know, be in the right place at the right time. And I believe that I was like, oh, it's because it's just dumb luck and that sort of stuff. And I, I don't really agree with that anymore. It's putting yourself in opportunities to be at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, was it? It's luck isn't. It's preparation plus something uh, equals luck. I forget what preparation the, plus opportunity. Being prepared for when the opportunity comes equals luck. There you go. So the so, more prepared you are, the more lucky you are. Exactly. So that's how I feel. It's like, all right trifecta the sports fill or uh, pursue which has a ton of athletes and a great population as well didn't luckily happen we prepared ourselves we went through training we went through we went to town on our clinical affiliations we did more afterwards we prepared ourselves and everything like that and uh when i have students and they're like yeah really i want this more than anything i'm like oh great what have you done and when it gets to crickets and that sort of stuff we're like oh i read this article and then I'm like, oh, was that part of your class? And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, that's not you doing everything versus I have some students who are like, I read this, I talked, I took this continuing education course and this and that. Um, and then I'm part of this uh, outside club or membership of, you know, an, uh, uh, SIG. Um, so, you know, make sure you're, you're, you're doing stuff, setting yourself up. I think the expectations, especially from a, uh, school standpoint uh, it's like oh go to school and just graduate and you're you're great no that's that's the bare minimum is showing up to class and passing your test there's still let's say uh, I mean your class is what we're probably eight to four eight to five Monday through Friday ish and one maybe short yeah day. yeah uh, I think seven seven to five a couple went to seven or eight at night a couple yeah. of them. I think Wednesdays were our late night. Um, but nonetheless, you know, the couple hours every day where, you know, are you sure you can be studying? And then there's a couple other hours, I'm sure, in the week where you can do some other stuff. 
Uh, it's not every weekend you're studying for an exam. All right, look at other opportunities. Um, and then if you're bitching about, um, you know, you know, I don't have money to take courses, there's plenty of free resources out there, or there's ones that legitimately, you know, it's a cup of coffee that you probably can make on your own to, to get onto some sort of webinars or whatever it may be. And that looks great. And that sets you up where it's just like, all right, maybe I will take this person and set them up for a better fill with better mentorship. Uh, but uh, yeah, make sure you guys are, aren't just doing the bare minimum. Showing up to class isn't something that you should get a pat on the back for. Congrats for getting into school. You know, it's a big, big accomplishment, but just showing up to class is, uh, is not something that sets you apart. Yeah, and like uh, I think I had a Friday with the fellow about this, um, or maybe we talked on a podcast that you know students nowadays are like worried about PT school because they're going to be burnt out. And this is not the profession for you if you're worried about uh, school burning you out. Granted, there's a lot of things that need to change in the DPT curriculum. Um, goes beyond this call, um, but you know to share some context, you know we've had students where we're talking to the CI. And we're telling them that they have trouble. They have trouble reasoning. They have trouble uh, interacting with patients. They have trouble being outgoing. They have trouble just show, you know, coming in and, and doing the, the little things. Are you going the extra mile? Are you cleaning up? Are you doing things that are going to help the, the clinic run um, daily? You know, forget about being an all-star clinician. Can you just like operate within, uh, you know, a, a clinic for, you know, a day and a week, right? Um, those things, you know, probably are not um, trusted or, or valued enough. Um, and, you know, this is where it comes to the, the, the CCCEs of school. Oh, well, they had COVID this year. So take it easy on them. Are they, um, are they safe? Are they hurting anybody? You know, just because you didn't directly hurt somebody doesn't mean you're, you're indirectly doing them a disservice as well. Uh, granted, you guys are students and you're there to learn. So we're not saying you need to be uh, experts at everything, but you need to be, um, you know, enthusiastic, you know, doing the little things, helping out, um, asking questions, um, you know, having a, and you could tell the ones that played a sport or are competitive or athletic in, in some type of way uh, versus the ones you don't, because, you know, athletes will seek out feedback, you know. Uh, or good ones anyway, right? They, they want to be coached. They're not just like accepting coaching. They want to be coached, right? Same thing with students, you know, passionate students. And, and that's what this podcast is for. Like we want to, we want to elevate the, the profession. If you don't like what we're saying, that's fine. Turn us off. Um, but the, to be a student, and especially if you're lucky enough to get in a fill where you have some good, good people around you, like want to be coached, want to learn, want to get better, take the extra 20 minutes during lunch or during after the day, after, you know, you've had a long day and you just want to go home. Hey, can you show me X, Y, and Z? Can we go over this case? It's really bothering me. Shoot them an email. Like there, there are all these things you can do, um, you know, to set yourself apart and make your, your career that much easier down the line. But too many people, too many students have the mindset that, you know, they just have to do the minimum requirements of school and that's going to set them up to be, you know, to do fine. And, but then they're the first ones to complain on the outside. Uh, we're not getting paid enough. The hours suck. I hate the environment I'm in. I'm burnt out. I'm not satisfied in my career X, Y, and Z. Well, 
like Jeremy said, what are you doing to make it better? Because at the end of the day, you control your life. Yeah. So if you're not happy with something, well, you got to look at you first. Yeah. Yeah. And you probably know the quote better as well as uh, things with Chris Rock and that Chris Rock. Uh, thinking about Chris Rock after the slap there. Uh, yeah. The Rock is uh, is like you're not burnt out. You're just unmotivated. Uh, or, uh, yeah. you know, that's uh, from I've heard that one all these quotes. But, you know, that says like if you're not loving what you're doing. Yeah, it's 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 crap it's it's gonna suck every single day um uh, my brother for instance uh, uh he finally got out of it but he he was with the company and he uh he did not like the company from like the first week but he's kind of contractually obligated for like two plus years and god he loathed it like every time i talked to him he he despised uh, what he did and you can see it was taking a toll on him and mm. the second that he can get out he got out but which i'm happy about him is and he had to take a i remember he was asking me he's just like he's like and he was making really good money and everything like that and he, he texted me and my brother he's just like would i um would you guys for to take a job and something that you really think that you would enjoy but take a significant pay cut would you do it and i didn't know what the amount of a pay cut it was or anything like that i was like fuck yeah um hell yeah you know nothing like being able to enjoy what you do i mean it's mostly what we do for our entire life i forget how much percentage is you know the standard american at work but it's a very large percent you know you know your your, your co-workers essentially are like an extension of your family you know you're there for 40 50 60 hours per week um, and then he was just like, you know, me and my, and my other brother, same thing. He's like, hell yeah. And he's just like, yeah, it's going to be about, you know, a third of what I used to make. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's, a, that's a big, big difference. And, uh, but talking to him a month or two in, he's like, I'm so happy I did it. Um, so, you know, that's the thing is, you know, or maybe you're just not moving. Maybe you're not in a stimulating environment. Yeah. Maybe you're not doing enough. I mean, are, you know, all the, is there a ton of jobs available where, you know, compared to the mill style where they don't foster growth and education and, you know, excellence amongst therapists versus places that do that? Yeah, there's probably not as many jobs of the better kind, but you can make the opportunities within it. Um, you know, there's a thing called an entrepreneur. So almost having a business within a business. Um, so you can set up something, research something, establish your own niche within a practice. Um, and that, but that all requires you doing an extra something, you don't just have a niche style practice within a practice or set up your own place by just luck. You know, again, it's you putting in the effort, it's you taking courses on it, researching it, putting posts about it, everything like that. So, um, you know, I have to take some accountability. Um, if you're hating your job, uh, you know, a little bit, a lot of it of that is on you. Yeah. My opinion. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, not not too much else to, to say after that. I think um, I got the, the big pieces off <laughs> chest there. Um, hopefully this resonates with, uh, you know, our audience mm -hmm. um, and things like that. So, you know, don't be a, don't be a jabroni, right? Um, <laughs> don't just kind of go through the motions. Mm -hmm. Um, find something you're passionate about, find a niche you're passionate about it and seek it out. Yeah. Uh, you'll be surprised um, who's willing to help you out if you reach out to them and ask them for advice or ask them where to 
to, to go or have a better experience and things like that. I, I'd say some of my best interns are the ones that have reached out to me um, for an internship um, versus the ones that just the school sets them up with it. Um, I have, I do have certain schools that they know uh, the, the level that we're at mm-hmm. and will only send over candidates that they think are, are good fits. Yeah. Um, so that, that does help weed it up. And even still some, at some of those times we say, no, uh, we don't think they're going to match personality wise as well. We don't think they're just going to be a good fit in our culture. Um, you know, it's a three month of fill at least, um, that's a long, that's a, you know, quarter of the year, yeah. you know, I got to, we got to spend with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so are you going to, what happened? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. are, are you going to make that more enjoyable or are you going to be a headache for three months? Yeah. And just, you know? being on top of that and um you know we've had this is a discussion is you know especially if you're getting towards your final fills and everything like that um or wherever you're at residency fellowship level 10 years out if you're in the environment where you're learning from somebody uh i don't care what level you're at um i'm always going to be like this is you know be moldable to some degree you know, sometimes we get, you know, some students that have had it fill or their professors kind of self-proclaim themselves as a, you know, a guru or they've done research in this sort of field. Great. That's awesome. We had a great experience with that. But a lot of things don't add from the research realm to the clinical realm or from a previous experience to, to a new clinical experience. Every environment's different. Every, every patient's different. So to come in and try and regurgitate what you had before and just try and do it again and not trying to, you know, learn and be moldable to your new scenario or to new advice and new experiences is, is only a detriment to you. And, you know, when I've seen people, you know, be resistant to that, you know, sometimes, you know, in our courses and that sort of stuff, we're teaching people and they're just like, well, I've done it this way for years. Well, the way you're doing it is maybe not the most efficient way. I'm trying to protect your body for years or make it more comfortable for the patient. Uh, but, you know, we see them walking around five minutes later and they're doing the same exact thing. Um, you know, that's showing that you're, you know, you're unwilling to learn. And I've seen students at courses and then they're like, oh, can I do it? And Phil there, well, well, I watched you during the courses and you're not willing to try something new. I get it, you know, lumbar manipulations, for instance. I used to be able, you know, peel people like a banana and uh, like it was easy. And then learning a better, more efficient way, safer way was a bitch. You know, to go from something where I had it like that to I can't do it at all is frustrating as hell. But spending the time investing, getting mentorship, um, able to do it, it, it all became worth it. All my headaches of, you know, doing the manipulation and having a negative response, pretty much, I, don't, I can't remember the last one I had because mm-hmm. I put that investment in because someone else who's been through it all taught me this guy um you know you have to be moldable and you know again at that point you know it's residency trained you know taking a bunch of courses and that sort of stuff and you know obviously your mentors your ci's they've been through all these sort of things they just want a good one just wants you to get better they want to take all the shortfalls and screw-ups they had try and smooth out the pathway so you don't have to do them. You're going to hit your own. You're going to, you're going to find out your own, but they're trying to eliminate them as quickly as you can. I mean, 
my my employees, my students, and that sort of stuff. They're picking up. I'm teaching them things, and pick it. They're picking up stuff that took me seven, eight years to figure out. Uh, but they only pick it up because they show the willingness to learn and be moldable. But if you're resistant and that sort of stuff, you're you're not going to do well. Because again, let's say if it was especially effective, it was effective you know, for that person eight, six, seven, eight years ago, you're, you're already outdated in a sense. So, um, yeah, maybe be moldable. With that, and I'm sure you can do this well, and any, any CI worth his salt or her salt, right. will be able to detect this within, I'll say a week, probably even less. And I, I'm at the point now career, like, obviously we do a lot. Um, I can tell the students that want to be better. I'm going to take the time out of my busy ass day for the student that is taking time out of their day to become better. Uh-huh. And the ones that don't, I am no longer, all right, I'm going to push you. I'm going to push you. I'm going to push you. Like, dude, you want it or you don't. Um, and if after a couple of weeks of us, you know, peppering you and trying to stay in the right direction, like, you know, we're not going to go above and beyond if you're not going above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You have to want it. You know, you have to want to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, everybody has their own definition of, of what that is. But to go into school or to go into an affiliation um, and just think that somebody's just going to buy osmosis, just give you all of their knowledge. It's not going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're in a learning happens actively in general even more so for physical therapists. Like mm-hmm. it is a learn by doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, in general, we learn the best by doing, right? Cause you fail right. and then you do it again, you fail and you do it again. Right. Um, except failing is taught to be bad all throughout life. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are like paralyzed by it, but that's the way you learn. And then you get feedback and you tweak this and you tweak that. But think about riding a bike. How many times did you ride a bike and you fall over before you're able to do it? and and go right like and and not fall over same thing as we get older at life like trying new things you're gonna fail you're gonna suck it probably takes you longer just because we're older and not as uh neuroplastic right um but you you got to put yourself out there um especially if you want you know a good fill um or if you just want this profession to be good for you you gotta you gotta uh put it out there you'll be surprised who's willing to help you when you're willing to help yourself and this is a Chris Rock one. Uh, he said that, you know, he was stuck on the side of the road, waving his hand, asking for help. Nobody wanted to help him. Once he started to try and push his car down the road, the amount of people who want to help you when they see that you're trying to help yourself is, is astonishing. Oh, there we go. See, it's nice that brought up Chris Rock. That's yeah, a great there one. There you go. Brought full circle here. Yeah. All right. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And yeah, the ones I see, even from the shadow level, um, you know, we have some, we have a ton of showers, we're in a college environment and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, taking one step further from just like active and like, oh, doing that sort of asking questions and that sort of stuff, make it interactive, um, I think is a big thing. Those who just are quiet and they're just watching and same with our students that are just like, oh, tree and then do my notes. I'm like, all right, the, that person, all like, you're you're off, you're now officially been labeled a shadower. shadower. I don't care what level you are. Um, don't care what your requirements are. You have to earn your right to treat our clientele. You are a representation of not only the company, but the profession. 
you not putting that extra effort may mean that patient doesn't get better quick enough uh, before that scheduled MRI or wherever the hell it may be. And they end up having, you know, a failed therapy experience and then they go out, get surgery, and now they're no longer a proponent of, of our profession. So uh, we need maximum effort um, all the time. Um, and uh, again, it's, it, that's how we change, you know, our salaries and our opportunities is by being labeled, a, you know, PTs are the expert. More and more people start talking about, hey, I want the PT, even if it was a student, whoever it may be, and they fixed me up, they start talking to two, three friends. And then, you know, we brought it, bring it up on our show of like the percentage of neuromusculoskeletal or musculoskeletal patients that have act, that seek out physical therapy was years ago, is less than 10%. Now it's like close to 20. Um, it should be 80, 90%. Um, besides those severely high trauma where the surgeon needs to go in that day to you know, operate them, we should be a component in everybody's care. Um, and that starts with us being damn good at what we see now uh, for just, you know, simple, stupid stuff like impingements of the shoulder or going in for, you know, the chromioplasties and bullshit like that. Um, yeah, we're never going to get to that point. Uh, and that starts off with, you know, even students. Um, so that's my you, last you, you mentioned a great point and I, I've said this uh, many times to, to various people. So we're in 2022, so 2021, I mentored five fellows in training, three residents, and I don't know how many DPT students, um, probably about 10 or 15. What you said about your representation of, of the job you're at, of the company you're at, like that, that means a lot. Um, I think more, you have to go in with that mindset. If you're a student, understand that like you're a guest in somebody's house, basically don't be acting like a fool. Um, and again, like you said, like you have to earn the right to treat the patients. Like that's, that's a privilege, especially in your earlier fails. That's a privilege. Just because you're in a last of doesn't mean you automatically get entry level. You have to earn that right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then beyond the company, you're, you're a reflection of your CI. You know, you're spending three months with them, right? They're, you know, basically that time, that three months you're with them and that one year you guys are in clinic is basically going to set you up for the rest of your life, good or bad, um, on what you do or how you act. Uh, you may not believe it, but your third year of PT school and your first year or two out in the real world basically set you up for what the trajectory of the next 30 years in your career is going to be. Um, so, you know, I would advise more students to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, something I've told all my, my um, I shouldn't say all, but more recently, um, any, anyone who, who mentors under me, like you're a reflection of me. Mm-hmm. Um, don't come in here like half-assing stuff or expecting me to just, you know, teach you everything I know in, you know, the, the 20 hours we may have together. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, you're going to go back and say, oh, I trended under, under Brandon. Mm-hmm. But if you under suck, Brandon. you're not, no, like you're not making me look bad because you didn't put the time in. Right. And that's a mindset I had the, for the people who mentored me. Oh, I mentored under so-and-so I mentored under Lee. I mentored under Jim. I went to Regis university, Bill and Scott, like, I want to represent them well because I am a reflection of, of them. 
Um, so hopefully I'm doing a good job, right? But like, let that mean something. You know, when you you graduate from a school, you you train under a certain person, guru or not guru, CI. Uh, you go to a residency, like you're going to be a, a representation of them in some capacity. I would think you'd want to, you know, do right by them and, and understand and take in what they're doing. So I think what you said that you're a representation of, or you're a representative of the company, but even a step further of the person who's actually teaching you. I can go off of one more thing that as yeah. Dr. great Dr. Justin Hannes says, what boils my potatoes if I hear another, he's such an old man. He is. I old, love it. Old, I love it. It's love great. It, love it. We gotta get him on the show. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, what boils my potatoes is a lot of times students come in there, they'll have the mindset of like, oh, we're paying to be here and we're treating patients. They should pay us. You know, listen now. I mean, if you're at certain places, maybe that's it. I remember my first place work. I don't think I remember seeing that any interaction between the CI and the student. Legitimately, the student was just, you could tell if she was a employee or not. She was just running through doing all the CI's work. Um, fine. In that case, yeah, I guess maybe you should get paid. But in places where you're receiving mentorship, you're getting hands-on instruction, uh, you're getting told to, you know, you know, hey, I suggest you read this and watch this and do this. Um, and getting challenged and you're spending an hour after the end of the day recapping things that is more of a burden on your ci than anything uh that is taking time you know when i'm by myself right now i haven't had enough students when i have a fellow in training my day as and i love it to death is definitely not as fluid as is i don't have to explain what's in my own brain when i'm treating people i just go i flow i can hit out some notes, go communicate with people. It's great. But when we're mentoring, we're investing into you. All right. So, you know, this whole nonsense of like, oh, we should get paid from that. Yeah. In a crappy situation. But when you seek out a great affil and where you're getting a mentorship, you know, treat it like that. Treat it as an investment um, versus you just paying into something or not getting paid and viewing it that you're just a, you know, free, free labor. Because you're not you're really if anybody. It's the CIs in those situations that you get you know, paid handsomely. So yeah, the school should be paying us to to take you. In. And that's a debate that's being tossed out now, right? Oh, should the, I'll tell you right now? I'm not taking an intern if I got to pay you because you guys. And it's not a bad thing. One, it's paying it for. Like you, you just kind of go through it, right? Uh-huh. But like Jeremy said, the amount of time that we have to put in uh, to train, you know, from training to do notes to therex to cues to manual therapy to just how to be a professional a working professional um it's not easy and if anything the school should be paying us to to take students not us paying the students to work because honestly especially most students in their first like two to three fills just don't know anything Mm -hmm. i'm sorry you don't as much as you think you know you don't no, which is the reason why you should be moldable going back to our previous thing. So, yeah. So, uh, hopefully, it's uh, not a bad thing. We're all there. I mean, Jeremy and I were there, you know, you, you, you know, and I thought I knew a shit ton coming yeah. to school and I was like, get out of my way. I, I got this. But, like, you know, it's, it's asking those questions, it, it's being moldable, it's getting to that point. Yeah. By halfway through my fills, my CI didn't need, you know, 
be looking over my shoulder because I had even in the settings I didn't want to be in, like uh, acute and um, actually my neuro was okay, but I don't want to do it. Um, you know, I, I learned, I told her, I was like, hey, I'm going to do orthopedics. I'm here because I have to obviously get my stuff done. Teach me what I need to know. Um, I'll learn what I need to know. And then, you know, that's it. But like, um, and I, I told the story with my neuro one, like mm. I was sitting in the wings for four weeks because there was another student in front of me. My CI thought I was, he was going to fail me because uh, I wasn't doing anything. Um, once that other student left, literally day two in, I was just like, Craig, I got it. Like, you know, if I'm doing something wrong, jump in. But, I, you know, after four weeks of watching, I know what I'm doing. And he quickly changed me to, you know, from almost failing to, you know, entry level or close to it within uh, that week because I had proved to him what I can do. And it wasn't a setting that I was ever going to go into. Um, but I had learned and took the time in the four weeks where I was sitting on the bench. I was like uh, Aaron Rodgers there behind Brett Favre, right? <laughs> just learning, learning, learning. Um, and then finally I had my chance to prove myself. But um, in the beginning, yeah, he, he told me, he was like, yeah, I thought I was going to have a failure. You, you, you didn't seem like you were interested. I was like, you didn't have me doing anything. So then he's like, all right, you know, I have to communicate more with you. And, you know, we got past it. One of my best CIs, Craig Fox out there, um, definitely challenged me uh, a, a hell of a lot, taught me a hell of a lot. But, you know, you got to be willing to, to do it, even if uh, you're in a setting that you don't want to be. Okay, yeah. Uh, and that's it, too, is uh, hopefully going with open minds and that sort of stuff being my neurophil i almost i was i think in the first couple of weeks i was in you know i i got talked from my ci uh, shout out wendy um i think i was really shitty at vital signs i remember uh notes i was notoriously like slow at um wrote just too much crap um and then um yeah just some i guess rationale certain things with like the uh i was <laughs> which is probably still a, a character flaw of mine, overly optimistic with that type of population. You know, it's good to be over optimistic in the ortho realm, but there's certain things you have to taper for, you know, strokes and SEIs and that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, you know, she challenged me. It wasn't anything I was surprised about. I can, I can sense it. And, you know, I you know, rose to the occasion. I became, a, she gave me a great idea of like, well, she told me was even that became walking class. I don't know if they were part of walking classes in patient rehab, but it's pretty much just walk around in a circle. I became the vitals guy for a week, and now I'm a machine at it. I was, and when you do a hundred uh, vital signs in less than an hour, you you become really good at it. But we developed a plan and that sort of stuff, and uh, you know, I it became from a point of I was struggling to by the end of it, I love the Phil. And I saw myself working and the head of uh, director of rehab at, at said, if you know, if you ever want a job here, which was a tough place to get a job, said that, you know, we, we would hire you. Um, and at one point I was like, oh yeah, maybe I'll go down the narrow route. And then I got into sports. I was like, I'm going to sports. So just loving the profession, you know, no matter where it is, because no matter where type of setting, there's a lot of beauty in all types of PT, but, you know, sometimes you'll come out with the gates a little rough and that's okay. Uh, if anything, it's going to make you better. Make you better. Yeah. I, I'm a firm believer of, um, you know, tough love and, you know, taking, taking your lumps and having, having, I guess, um, rough times because that's going to help mold you. And that's going to kind of under, I guess, 
give you uh, a better understanding of what type of person you are. You're going to persevere and, and work through it. Or you're just going to kind of give up and complain. Um, you know, we all, we all complain to an extent. We all get frustrated and things like that, but are you going to work through it and figure out the solution? Or are you just going to sit there and, and write, you know, write the person off, write the uh, situation off? Um, or are you going to just try and like, like you said about Mike earlier, you're just going to try and at least learn one thing or take away one thing from that, that area before you move on. Yeah. And they related now, I'm going to give a shout out to Kayla Parsons, who's a former student of mine, staying our courses. And she's a prime example of this. She came in and she was struggling early on uh, from a confidence standpoint, from a rationale standpoint. Um, and we weren't having, again, your representation, and this is a six month fail. Um, you know, six months, you're gonna, you have to see patients and the expectations was to be entry level. So you have to see people independently. Um, and, uh, we, uh, you know, she, you know, took it upon herself to, you know, at first she was, you know, concerned and everything like that. And, uh, we made her do push-ups for every time she, she didn't express uh, confidence in a situation because she had it here. Um, and instead of, you know, complaining about it or, you know, curling up in a ball and just taking a beating, essentially, she, mm -hmm. she rose to the occasion. And then, um, I, I can say it was probably one of my most, not that proud as I took a response, I'm proud of her, but she went from this person who was like timid and all that sort of stuff to the end of her fill. She was like bossing in a good way, instructing and coaching the other students and questioning their, their rationale, like, well, why didn't you add this? And that I was just like, so, so hyped about that. So, you know, you can, you can start, you know, pretty rough and you can make amazing comebacks and, but it takes you to do it. You know, your CIs can only push you so much. Um, so make sure you're doing that. Hopefully you all have to get into those situations. But again, I think it's, I don't think there's any better growth than when you're, down on the count per se so but yeah. shout out you kayla hopefully listening still <laughs> awesome stuff but uh great yeah. stuff we'll wrap it up with that yeah all right well thanks for tuning in guys uh you know stay tuned for our next episodes and listen to our intro for upcoming courses and stuff and uh cheers everybody cheers thanks for tuning into this episode of nips and sips if you liked what you listened to, please follow and subscribe to us on all major social media and podcast platforms. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed the show. Interested in one of our courses? Go to www.iosmt.com. Interested in business and private practice mentorship and advice? Visit us at therehabcoaches.com. As always, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or recommendations, whether that be clinical or SIPs, at Manips and SIPs, at The Decent Doctor, and at Think Like a Fellow. Thanks for tuning in, and cheers, everyone.